Serving our nation in the military is a gateway to many post-service benefits. However, knowing how to navigate those benefits is often a challenge, and understanding what it takes to qualify for some of those benefits can sometimes be overwhelming and confusing. On this episode of the Military Wire, we are going to attempt to uncover the myths and demystify the facts around some of the hiring benefits and preferences when it comes to veterans being hired in state jobs. Welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. And as many of you know, we have been doing a whole series with HR directors and executives and managers across the country trying to open up and showcase some of the the benefits, some of the advantages, some of the myths uh, that go on when it comes to veteran hiring. And today, we've got a slew of guests for you guys. Our guests today are Brandon Littlejohn. He's a statewide recruitment coordinator at California Department of Human Resources. Jacqueline Padilla, who's the deputy director of human resources at Covered California, both of whom seek talent. We've also got Richard Wynn. Jacqueline Dean, both of Department of Corrections, also Serena Calderon. Uh, Serena, if I messed up your name, you'll just have to scold me downrange. Uh, and then we've got Monique Jones with Department of Fish and Wildlife. So all these folks are going to help us unpack some of the myths, what goes on, and what are some of the uh, advantages and some of the, the employment opportunities in the state of California. So with that, my guests, welcome to the Military Wire. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I love having you guys on the show, and I know we got a whole slew, and, and we always try to keep these, to, you know, 20, 25 minutes. We'll probably go a little long, but the information that all of you are going to bring to this conversation I think is so important for our veterans. You know, one of the things that I think oftentimes gets overlooked is the state of California truly edges out the state of Texas when it comes to the largest veteran population and in some ways, your state has helped shape some of the preferences. So I wanted to tackle that first because there's a lot of mystery behind veteran preference. And, Brandon, uh, you and I talked offline. Can you kind of give us just a little bit of the history behind veteran preference? Yes, and uh, thank you again, Mike, for allowing myself, CalHR, and the state of California to be here on your podcast because it is an important initiative to the state of California to hire more veterans into civil service. So uh, Veterans Preference originally was established in 1945, and over the years we've had many changes to Veterans Preference. More in particular, in 2014, we got rid of Veterans Preference points, and now we just have Veterans Preference. And to define what Veterans Preference means is when any veteran, a widow or widower of a veteran, or a spouse of a 100% disabled veteran takes an entrance examination, they will automatically be at the top rank as long as they pass that particular examination. To further explain the hiring process for the state of California, when a civilian takes an examination, he or she is ranked, and you have to be within the first three ranks in order to be hired off what we call an eligibility list, which is an examination results list. But if you fill out our veterans preference form and turn in your DD-214, when you take that examination, you'll automatically 
be at that top rank. So it is definitely an advantage for any veteran, widow or widower of any veteran or spouse of 100% disabled veteran to fill out their veteran's preference form. And Sergeant Wynn also wanted to elaborate more on the history behind veterans' preference. Yeah, please. Sergeant Wynn with the California Department of Corrections. Uh, also, 23-year uh, retired Army First Sergeant. Um, and well, thank some you. Of the things, for, thank, thank you. Some of the things, for example, CDCR offers, uh, once a recruit or a cadet uh, gets hired, gets on the certification list, and goes to our basic academy, uh, most veterans come out of the service with their GI Bill. Um, that GI Bill is usable while as a, uh, in the academy and in the, uh, on the apprenticeship program at the institution. So they're receiving payment from GI Bill plus payment from CDCR. Uh, they're also offered 30 days of military leave to, if they're uh, currently serving as a National Guardsman or Reservist. Um, there's a myriad of benefits that uh, currently serving or former, you know, former service members benefit from. So this is pretty interesting. So we, because we oftentimes do hear about the points, and you, you all are saying that you guys got rid of the points, you put them almost in a different category. So when we talk about vet, veteran preference, that seems to be, you know, this general statement out there. Does it differ from state to state and federally, or is it really uniform across the board? You are correct, Mike. It differs from state to state. So every state, so in the state of California, you guys don't necessarily use a point system, but perhaps somebody in the state of Washington or, or, or the state of Washington does use a point system. And then is there a difference in the federal as well uh, on veteran preference? Yes. It, 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 I believe it's five. You get five points as opposed to ten points, what, what, what we were used at, uh, at the state, what this state was at. Uh, the federal only offers five points for federal employment. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So along that same lines on veteran preferences, and this is, and I want to pull corrections in here soon, but I want to tackle this one question. When one qualifies, and you guys say, you know, they fill out the sheet, they supply their DD-214, that essentially qualifies them into the preference for the state of California. Does that essentially, because we hear this, too, from some of our transitioning veterans, is, you know, if I've got veteran preference, I'm almost guaranteed a job. Is that... This might even be a leading question, but is that true or false? Unfortunately, with the state of California, we can't guarantee a job. However, it is advantageous for a veteran to fill out their veteran's preference because it makes the process more efficient and seamless. Uh, A big part and a big hurdle for many candidates that take examinations with the state of California is the examination process. Am I reachable when... I get my score and ranks. So that veteran's preference eliminates all that because they're automatically rank one when they take the exam. Yeah, got it. Interesting. So let's uh, go ahead. Mike, uh, Mike, this is Jacqueline. I can um, further expand on that. Um, The the state of California is a merit-based system. So once any applicant, whether or not they have a veteran's preference into the first rank after taking the exam, um, they they still have to follow the standard um, application process and interview process um, in order to be selected for a position and um, go through that process. Um, but what it does do, like Brandon was saying, it does expedite that process. It automatically puts them into the um, top rank so that it eliminates, you know, having to go through a process of making it into that top rank. 
I got it. Okay, so you still have to prove yourself. So you get an advantage, but you still have to go through the process. You still have to show your value, show how you're going to add value, why you qualify, et cetera, correct? Yeah, okay, good. So I, I can I, yeah, I go can ahead. Through for CDCR's hiring process, for example. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you take a veteran and that when they apply, they apply for their veteran's preference. They're given the opportunity. They get they get it granted. Uh, take the they take the written exam, come in. Uh, depending on time of service, when they get out, whether the peep the peep it's waiverable or not. Uh, and then if it's not, they take the PFIT, They get into backgrounds. Once they get into backgrounds, we offer the same top rank uh, in, in the background selection phase where if they're a veteran's preference, they're automatically going to be put in that top rank sh also ranking coming off of our uh, three-rank uh, tier system. So they're coming off the shelf with our top of the line, you know, you know, a high uh, testing personnel. Uh, then they'll go through the medical, get through the medical and the psych, and then be put on a certification list and offered an institution where if at an institution, for example, there's 100 people on that list wanting to go there. They're the only veteran on that list. They're offered above the, you know, with that number, mm. one, that number one ranking. Yeah, got it. Got it. So that's applicable to, and I know, Monique, we've got you from Department of Fish and Wildlife, and we've got, you know, Richard and your team from Department of Corrections. So that's standard across all state agencies in California. Is that correct? Yes, and, and but that's that's for a peace officer officer position that I'm speaking about. Okay. Uh, you know, in particular, that's the hiring process for a peace officer. Okay, got it. So, Monique, let's switch over to you on Department of Fish and Wildlife. Is that the same process for you guys there? Because there, it's interesting, you know, our veterans oftentimes will gravitate toward, you know, corrections or criminal justice things along that line, and then there's that whole phase of the other side that says, no, you know what, I want to be out in nature, and I, I want to be part of that, you know, Growing Veterans. That's a big national organization that does a lot with outdoors and, you know, fish and wildlife. Is that, do you find that to be the same process where you're at, or how does it differ? It's very, very similar, and we actually do have a law enforcement side, so we do get quite a few vets for either the environmental science you know, in the oil spill prevention, we have lots of, we have a warden that has to be a pilot. <laughs> we have an air um, group that has to monitor things from the air. So it is very similar. Um, I will say this about the state of California. Most, we have um, a system that we all have to adhere to. And then the uh, smaller things that change, so like their physical fitness requirements that they may have for CDCR, we might have a slightly different one for our cadets for fish and wildlife. For our environmental scientists, for instance, um, we wouldn't necessarily have a physical fitness component, um, but then that would kind of speak to the rest of the state of California in terms of a job where if you don't have that background check and or physical fitness, fitness excuse me, component, um, the hiring process would still very much be the same where um, obtaining that rank, which um, these ranks change by county in the state of California. So the other lovely thing is that for someone, um, especially here in Sacramento County where we're all based, there's quite a few folks that, you know, they still have a decent score, but they're not reachable because there's just so many people on the list in this county. Four vets, depending, you know, no matter where they go in the state, they always are rank one. So that's an amazing advantage for them is that they're always reachable to be interviewed. And so once they submit their applications, um, they are always reachable. So in terms of it doesn't guarantee them a job, but they're always available, if you will. <laughs> you know, they're, mm, they're going to be yeah. um, 
by the hiring managers. So um, the opposite side, and this is something that Brandon and I and CDCR um, have done, is try to take it kind of to the vets where we are helping them through that whole process of proving themselves on paper and making sure they represent the experience that they have the best that they can so that they are in that consideration of folks. Because it is different to trans difficult sometimes to translate your um, civil service uh, experience with, you know, the jobs that we have. So there is a translator on our um, home site, the jobs.ca.gov, um, as well as, you know, I do it all the time where it's, hey, this is what you did in the military. Here's some jobs that might be very simpler, uh, similar to what you did or and or even just the skills, you know, whether it be leadership skills, logistics, um, any of that. So it's taking all of those things into account along with what a person wants to do because the opposite side of the state of California is we're kind of a, we go based on, as Jacqueline mentioned, it's merit-based. So it's based on your current experience. Um, what I found and my advice is there's quite a few folks transitioning out that like to try something new and I don't advise that at first with the state of California. Mm. With the state of California, yeah. you have to come in with experience. So I'd advise them to go in with the experience they have, and then once they're in, they can start to definitely, there's a you know, myriad of opportunities once you're in with the state of California to explore a different type of career or a different thing, so to speak. Yeah, and I, I, that's such a great point, Monique, and thanks for bringing that up. You know, one of the things that we talk to our guys, that it, they go through some of our programs, we talk about, it's called the Rule of Five. And we say, okay, you know, the rule of five is give me the top five reasons why you are qualified for the position and you would add value. And then back that up with the five reasons why you probably shouldn't take that position or might not be a good fit. And what I hear you saying is in the state of California is, listen, qualification, you've got to have experience because we're merit-based. You've got to have experience in the position. So if you were not an air traffic controller in the military and have absolutely zero experience with that, don't even think about applying for some position like that in the state of California. Is that correct? Correct. Not initially, oh, sorry. <laughs> not initially anyway. Um, I definitely, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting some feedback. I'll try to back up. Um, it's not to discourage them from ever wanting to be an air traffic controller. It's just that might not be your first job when you transition out. I would definitely look for something um, similar to either what you did while you were um, in the military or even things you did in high school or before. Anything, the wonderful thing about the state of California is we count to follow experience. So if you have experience doing it and you can eloquently convey that on your application, then that may count. So if someone works with aviation their whole lives before they went in and then they took a little break while they were enlisted and came out and want to do it again, that does count. So it is kind of a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, no, I love that. And I know I know we talk about the myths around, you know, veterans and PTSD or lack of creativity. And, you know, sometimes that's a hesitation for veterans to put, you know, their experience, you know, have I served in the military? Maybe I'm not going to mark that. But what I hear from you all in the state of California is, no, 100%, you want to be sure that you do mark that. This issue of myths around PTSD um, or lack of creativity, that doesn't seem to be a problem for you guys, right? No, Mike, uh, not at all. And we actually encourage persons with disabilities to apply for state employment. We have the Limited Examination and Employment Program, which is specific for persons with disabilities, and that's an alternate hiring process and examination process. We also uh, just passed a couple of years ago the Wounded Warriors Transitional Leave Act, which says if you have 30% or more connected service disability, 
you automatically start off with 96 hours of sick leave, where a civilian from that just applied for a state career, they start off with zero hours of sick leave. So we definitely encourage um, everyone to apply for state careers and do not hide the fact that you're a veteran because it's advantageous to be a veteran. So, yeah, and, and thank you for that. Yeah, go ahead. If, if, if I could, uh, as, a, as a vet, we got we we all come out with a stigma that you know you if you've been deployed to any combat zone any type of theater uh that you're going to come home you're going to have PTSD that's right. that's not necessarily that's not necessarily true um and even if you even if you do have it uh it it's and it's minimal it's workable it's you know not just specifically to the military that you that people have PTSD civilians have it too i mean it's a pro yeah. it's a traumatic sense you know you know Something that happened in their life that was traumatic that causes it. So um, it's not not necessarily an issue uh, for us. We tell people, you know, candidates, uh, put it down. Let us know about it. Um, you're going to have an opportunity to speak with somebody and work through it. Give us an opportunity to mitigate it. Yeah, and I love that, Richard. I, I think that's you know not to not to minimize the issue of PTS. Uh, but to your point, you're right. I think, you know, one of the number one causes, certainly in the Seattle market, is traffic. i got to believe that's probably the same for L.A., you know, traffic accidents. Um, and so to your point is, even though there might be that perception or that perceived, uh, you know, assignment to veterans on PTS, uh, I, I think that's valuable for our listeners to really hear that, hey, listen, you know what? We, there's things in place uh, that are going to be welcoming to you. You've got a place. You've got a home. Whether it's you know Department of Wildlife, you know Fish and Wildlife, or you know Department of Corrections, or you know, I mean, talk about you know California Department of of, of just Human Services or Cal, you know Covered California. You've got many opportunities there. Is there as a vet? Let's say I get out. Uh, in you know. Say I'm, you know, stationed at, uh, well, I was stationed at Concord, California, which I know is no longer there, but it, say I got out there and, uh, is there a way that I apply for veteran preference or is, is that just something I mark on an application with the state? So on our website, calcareers.ca.gov, you would go to the veterans section and you would print out a copy of the veterans preference form and it's form 1093 and you would turn in the form along with a copy of your DD-214 and actually Mike let me no that was correct form 1093 okay and I'll just pause for a second for editing because I, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing so good. <laughs> so no, hey, listen. Like no, you know what? Uh, so, Brandon, I just got to let you know that we rarely edit any of our interviews because our audience loves it when it's so authentic. And so what I really love is you're going to hear you say we're going to pause for editing. So that's going to be a brilliant part of this. But I, I, oh, yeah, um, I'm sure uh, my comms director and my exec will love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be great well, in this video. You should have seen his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, okay. That's um, good. Yeah, so if you go to calcareers.ca.gov and go to the veterans section, we have the veterans preference form, and it's form 
1093, you would just fill that form out and send in a copy of your DD-214. We will process it, and you will see in your Cal Careers account that your veteran's preference has been activated, and you'll be able to give veteran's preference for any entrance examination that you take. Uh, I love this. A great, yeah. Yes, and then also in that veteran section, we have the military skills translator. So if you enter in your military occupational code, then you'll be able to see jobs that you may qualify for. The key thing is to always read the minimum qualifications before applying. Got it. I, I would like to add that with, with, with that, um, in 2009, there was a law passed that any veteran, uh, like for example with CDCR, uh, if you had an MOS that was comparable to what CDCR does, um, you're eligible for all promotional exams when they are posted. So uh, typically as an officer, you have to wait two years in each, uh, at each classification to take the exam. Uh, but if I have a job, like for example, I was military police, translates to CDCR, I'm, I was eligible and am eligible, eligible to take promotion exams whenever they post. Mm. And that's a huge advantage, right? I mean, I, to, to your point, Richard, you're saying, listen, you don't have to wait those two years. You, you can get started right away. So if you're in a position of transitioning, and we talked our minimum about this, too, and I think that, you know, the studies or data showed recently, certainly LinkedIn published this, you know, a, a number of our veterans, 33% of them being underemployed, and with the state positions that you guys are talking about is you're talking about viable positions that can leverage the experience that they have, and they don't have to sit on the sideline. They could get started right away, correct? At least when I say right away, in the application process. Absolutely. Um, and I'm a, I'm a prime example. I promoted within 18 months of starting with CDCR to correctional sergeant. And six months later, could have taken the lieutenant's exam. And uh, that's a great point that Sergeant Wynn just brought up. The state of California has numerous opportunities available. We have over 3,500 different classifications. That means there's a lot of upward mobility and career advancement opportunities with the state of California, especially with the baby boomers retiring, what we uh, have deemed as the silver tsunami. So there's even more hiring going on than ever before. So how does how does somebody learn about all these open positions? Is there is the best way to just like Google, you know, California State Careers, or what is the best way that people can learn about all these open positions? Uh, the great thing is all of our hundreds of state departments post their examinations and vacancies on calcareers.ca.gov. So as long as you go on our website, sign up for your account, don't forget to uh, fill out your veteran's preference form as well, but everything is on that website. And we have an applicant tracking system on there so you can see all of the examinations you've taken, all of the jobs you've applied for, and there's many other resources available to veterans on our website. Uh, I love this. So how, how long, like if I apply for a job, and I know we're coming up against the the time frame here, guys, but if, if I were to apply for a job, how long does it take to typically hear back? 
Um, this is Jacqueline. So that that could be a challenge sometimes with the with the state hiring process, but I can tell you our average time to fill. So from the time an applicant applies to the time they walk in the door on their first day, and that and, and we have a background check process here at Covered California. Um, it's an average of 70 days, which can be a long time. Um, but it's because we do have the merit-based process. We have examinations and um, the interviews and, and like I said, the backgrounds. Now for peace officer classifications, I know that takes a lot longer. <laughs> Sergeant's looking over here at me. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, C for CDCR, the average time is 12 to 18 months. Uh, is that right? For okay. For, for custody, now that if you're gonna be a peace officer, it's, it's 12 to eight, typically 12 to 18 months. There are things that we are doing for veterans that um, are, for example, if you are just getting out uh, and are a vet, um, we just started a program that if you've passed your physical fitness test within the military, uh, your respective, respective branch, uh, within 12 months of the date of your application, the PFIT for the application process is waived. So you'll go from application to test to backgrounds. Hmm, okay. All right, and is this, uh, Richard, is this something that I can start, like if I'm getting ready to get out and I've got 12 months until I transition fully out, does it make sense for me to go ahead and start that application prior to getting out? Absolutely, and as a matter of fact, that's some of the things that we're doing right now at CDCR is we're going out to these active duty posts, these gentlemen that are service members that are coming off of active duty. Uh, we know they start their transition typically 12 months out. So we're, we're trying to get in there and reach out to them now, start it now, so that as you come out the gate of the, of the installation, you're walking into the gate of an institution. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Hey, Mike, it's Karina. Yes, ma'am. Um, just to piggyback on what Sergeant is saying, we also offer, um, similar to how a military base is run, each institution in the state of California is run like a small city, like a military base would be. And so we offer a full scope and realm of positions that are outside of the custody world. So while our mission at Corrections and Rehabilitation is safety and security, and the majority of our um, positions are custody-based, we still have thousands and thousands of positions um, similar to that of a military base. A, a common uh, crossover position for us that's non-custody is cooks, and that's because cooks meet the minimum qualifications based on the work they did in the military, and they're coming in to, to cook in our institutions for our inmates. So I do want to open up that um, opportunity to your listeners today to know that we have everything from clerical support to plan operations, um, administration, IT, and there's a, a ton of positions similar to Covered California, um, Fish and Wildlife that have nothing to do with custody. So we don't want to discourage any of your listeners who maybe aren't in the custody realm but are looking for opportunities within the state of California. Um, open position, open examinations, the veterans preference um, is applicable, and so they also will be at the first rank of any list, and we would help them. Um, I, what we do on our side, which is the non-custody side, is offer recruitment events at institutions, and this gives potential candidates the opportunity to see what our institutions are like, to look at their commute by driving from where they're coming from to one of the 35 locations um, that we have in the state of California, going to the Oregon border, um, to the Arizona border. So we, we have a lot of opportunities out there. So even for someone looking to relocate, there are 35 different choices of where you want to live and still find a job um, within the Department of Corrections. And that's, of course, in addition 
and to all of the um, wonderful opportunities that our custody careers can offer. Well, and you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We also partner with um, Hire a Hero and um, Recruit Military. We go out to those events to um, help bring in the talent um, of our veterans. So. And those are two great organizations, wonderful organizations. And I, and and one thing, you know, going from the military, which is, you know, we've we've got our processes, we've got clear mission, clear purpose, clear identity. And, and I think what you all are saying is, you know, the state offers a similar environment for folks that are so used to that. You can transition a lot of your skills, abilities, talents into the state and continue to work on yet another retirement as well because the state gives great retirement, right? Am I, am I still right on that or did you guys get rid of that? Uh, absolutely. I'm, like I said, retired 23 years. I'm working on my second retirement, and I'm not going to be eating Alpo when I'm done in 15. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And, uh, a great thing about uh, the state of California, as Serena was just talking about, we have jobs available throughout all uh, counties. Uh, have you ever been to Little Rock, California, Mike? I have not been to Little Rock, California, no. Uh, yeah, it's right outside of Mettler. Ever been there? I've never been to Mettler, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's right outside of Bakersfield. So we have okay. jobs throughout California, even in the most remote locations. Um, yeah. This is Monique. I was going to say, for the timeline, um, and this is for transitioning as well as uh, vets that are already out, because we meet quite a few of those. So we partnered, in addition to the um, Honor Hero, Hire Hero, and the Recruit Military, all of the EDDs, the Employment Development Departments, and America's Job Centers also have um, veterans-specific um, programs, and most of them have partnered with most of us um, in the state of California, especially those of us that hire statewide. And so we attend any of those job fairs as well as send our open job information. Um, and those EDD and American Job Center locations will help them, you know, take the exams, understand that uh, hiring the application process, excuse me. Usually they do have the form, the veterans preference form there physically. So if someone needed to, didn't have access to a computer, for instance, they could go there and get that form. They would assist them sometimes in mailing it back um, or faxing it back to CalHR so that they can be counted. And then there are agencies the agency I used to work for, the Prison Industry Authority, um, our average hiring time was actually closer to 40 to 45 days. Um, I'd say for most state agencies, you know, some for peace officers, especially if there's a background involved, it is longer, but there are some of us that are within three to six months. So, um, or you could even hear sooner depending on how big the need is. If it's something that we've needed for quite some time and it's a hot job, you might hear back right away. So um, I wouldn't discourage anybody or, you know, if they're not a year away, they wouldn't want to start looking. I'd say always look, always peruse. There's e-notify, which is something that you can get with your Cal Careers dashboard, where you can look um, and put if you determine there's five different classifications that you're really interested in. Every time one of our agencies posts it, um, a position, you can be notified. So that's a great way to kind of low-key stalk things without having to actively look, but then you'll be aware of the positions as they're posted. And then if something really strikes your fancy or it's out near Little Rock, which is where you really want to live, then you can apply. Uh, and here's what I get from all of what you guys are saying is there is opportunity in California. And, you know, with having 2 million veterans in California and certainly some veterans, you know, transitioning back to California, 
is it sounds like California still is a land of opportunity, especially in state positions. Uh, absolutely. And right now, we uh, CDCR is not only looking at vets, but we're looking at currently serving the National Guard and Reserves. Uh, we're reaching out and, to, and touching base with the California Army National Guard, CDCR is. We're working with Work for Warriors, uh, and we're going to their annual trainings. We're going to their drills. Uh, we're present, presenting to them. We're offering them what we call one-stop shops where they test, apply, test, and start the process. CalVet, they have established the CalTAP program at all of the different military bases throughout California, and we teach how to get a state job curriculum in those transitional classes as well. With California team, I think we could probably keep going on all the amazing opportunities that you guys have there in the state. And I just want to commend each and every one of you, you know, Brandon and Jacqueline and Richard and Jacqueline Dean and Monique and Serena. You guys have offered so much information. Uh, and I know we're probably just scratching the surface. And this will be one of the podcasts that, you know, somebody, you know, across the country, if they've got a 40, you know, 40 minute commute, they'll, they'll listen to it and take notes because there's so much valuable information here. And I think one of the things that I'm recognizing from this interview is in many ways, you guys are, are on the front lines or even in a position to really combat this whole issue of underemployment. There's no reason for some veteran in the state of California to be underemployed when you've got, you know, thousands of jobs that are available uh, and, and opportunities available. So I just want to say, you know, thank you all to you for being on the show. And to our listeners uh, who want to learn more about veteran preference and veteran jobs in, in the state of California, be sure that you visit their website at calcareers.ca.gov and download that, get that application at 1093. Brandon was so great in letting us know that it's at Form 1093 that you guys need to be sure that you fill out for that veteran preference. So, Brandon, thank you for that. I don't think I'll ever forget that form, let me tell you. I think that's a, that's a great um, a great reminder. But be sure to really take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So thank you all for being on the show. And for those of you who want to discover your post-service identity, prepare, plan, and execute on your best year yet after transition, be sure to visit us at Operation Military Family or DM me on LinkedIn, and one of our team members will get back to you. The California team, I just want to thank you all for being on the Military Wire. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank, thank you. you for thank, having you. Us. thank you. Thank you.